Entrepreneur on Fire 671. If you're prepared to ignite, there's only one place to go. Entrepreneur on Fire with your host, John Lee Dumas. All the benefits of a professional phone system wherever you are. That's eVoice. Go to eVoice.com, sign up for your free trial, and enter promo code FIRE for an additional $5 off per month. That's eVoice.com, promo code FIRE. Ready to unwrap smarter snacking? Receive a discovery box of surprise snacks for your first Nature Box and prepare to be hooked. Visit naturebox.com slash fire to receive 50% off your first box. That's naturebox.com slash fire. Hold on to those afterburners, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here and I am fired up to bring you our feature guest today, Jake Cloberdans. Jake, are you prepared to ignite I'm prepared to ignite. Yes. Ground control to major... T- no, just kidding. Jake is the CEO and founder of One Hope, a company that has a number of beautifully crafted experiences that make a difference. They are one of the fastest growing wine brands in the nation and are now moving into gourmet coffee, chocolate, and a number of other products. They are also helping other companies integrate a good cause into their everyday business models. Jake, I've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute. Tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you, then give us an overview of your business. My name is Jake Cloberdans. Uh, thanks for the introduction. Uh, grew up in the Bay Area and started One Hope right out of school about a year into my career and excited to share a little bit about that with you guys. I'm the uh, uh, son of a happily married couple for the last 37 years, Jane and Frank up there, and I have, uh, I'm the middle boy of two sisters. Um, Grew up in the Bay Area, moved down to Newport Beach, and was excited to jump into the wine industry right out of school. And uh, One Hope kind of emerged from that career in the wine industry at the uh, young age of 23. Um, I One of the kind of quotes that I think uh, really captures the, the beginning of that and where I started my career was Margaret Med's Never Doubt That a Small Group of Thoughtful, Committed Citizens Can Change the World. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. And uh, that's what I told my team uh, the first time we got together. And I think it's been kind of the inspiration and, uh, and really epitomizes what we've been able to do. Well, Jake, I got to hand it to you, my friends. You grew up in between two sisters, one younger, one older. I did all that I could to survive a younger sister. I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be sandwiched in between the two. But here you are, I'm sure a better man for it. Because when we grew up, Jake, there was just one phone in the house. There was no like everybody had their own cell phone. They could be dibbling and dabbling around. It was one phone, one cord. You either were on it or you weren't. So (laughs) congratulations to you, my friend. And way to make it happen. And Jake, what we do here at Entrepreneur on Fire is we tell stories. We tell stories about successful and inspiring entrepreneurs, failures, aha moments, successes that they're currently experiencing. And I really want to drill this point home, Jake. We want you to get specific. We don't want you to give some vague overarching theory of failure. We want to hear about a time in your life when you failed. So Jake, Take us to that moment in time when you just fell flat on your face and share with us the lessons you learned from that. I'll choose something that's away from the company. And if we want to, we can come back to some of the lessons I've learned 
with the company. Those failures are generally a, a little part or a large part of the journey to the aha moments. So I, I speak at a lot of um, college campuses. I've recently spoke at Stanford and UCLA and Cal. And um, I like to share this with people out there because we oftentimes don't talk about how hard it is to be an entrepreneur and a successful one at that. And uh, a big part of that is that resiliency from the failure. So one of the failures that I uh, recently shared for the first time in a public forum at Creative Week in Las Vegas was uh, from childhood. Um, I, uh, in first grade or so, uh, was having a lot of challenges in the classroom. I was a little bit of a, a socially awkward kid. Um, always kind of thinking outside the box and knew that I was already conscious that I thought in a different way. And, um, I remember, uh, when my, my mom got contacted by my, uh, teacher, uh, at that time and I was going into the second grade and she was really adamant about, um, trying to get me into some advanced placement, uh, type classes. And my first grade teacher said, well, actually I was going to be talking to you about holding Jake back because I have some concerns about his learning ability and, and how fast he's moving. And it was at that time that it was the first time that the teacher had talked to my mom about uh, Asperger's and autism, which I, I don't actually have, but I had a, a few of the telltale signs of kids that usually do. And, um, you know, I remember my mom communicating this to me and that she was going to be going in and talking to the teacher. And it was the first time that I'd I was a really good student. I worked really hard in, uh, in school and was used to being an overachiever already at a young age because it was something my parents pushed on a lot. And it was the first time I remember being old enough to be conscious of something where I felt failure or I felt let down. And so my mom went in there and, uh, you know, she got my uh, the teacher brought out some of my tests and stuff and she was like, see, these are the areas, just very remedial stuff that he's not getting right. This first question is which one is different, big, tiny, little, or small. And, you know, big being the obvious answer. And my mom couldn't understand it. And I remember her coming home and, and kind of talking about what the teacher said were some of the issues that I had. And I, I said to her, well, of course I picked small. The first vowel is an A, not an I. Uh, and all the rest of them, the first vowel is an I. And she kind of <laughs> looked at me and was like, what? And then looked at it and was like, okay. Um, and we went, we went through a series of the things that my teacher uh, had an issue with. And, um, and turned out that, you know, most of them I had reasoning for. And so, but that was like the first time that I really felt like I was kind of different or a little bit alienated. And um, I, I would say it sounds like a really small thing, but that little moment actually drove me all through elementary school and drove me to want to be a, become a great student. And so that's one of the pieces that's a big part of my DNA. If you flash forward from there, um, and as I'm going into high school, now all of a sudden I'm really, really performing at a high level in, in school. Um, but, you know, with girls and with the social scene, I'm still not quite as cool as I'd want to be. And by that time, I'm really conscious of it. You know, I'm, a, I'm basically a nerd uh, in a big guy's body. And I, I would say that, um, you know, 
one of the biggest things that helped me overcome that was my love for sports and all of a sudden realizing that I could hit pretty hard in football and pitch pretty hard in baseball and things like that. And so, um, you know, that, that was another milestone that really stands out as far as not necessarily failures, but things where you came up short uh, in your life and you decided, hey, I have the ability to take control of this and to change this and, uh, and making it happen, you know? Jake, I'm taking away a lot from this. And one thing that I really want to talk about with Fire Nation right now is the importance of looking at every situation from multiple angles and really sometimes from outside the box as well. Because for instance, your teacher was so inside the box. I mean, there was one correct answer. Obviously, when it came down to tiny, big, little, and small, big didn't belong because every that was big and everything else was not big. And that was her one inside the box answer. That's how she looked at it. But of course, you, you were just like, well, the second letter in those three first ones are I and sm- small second letter is an M. Like that's obviously why it's different. So you were thinking outside of the box. You were thinking from a different angle and Fire Nation there's so many opportunities out there for people that do that in today's world, you know, that create that smartphone with one button or with no buttons. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things like who is living inside the box and who is willing to step outside for a little bit. And that's just powerful to me. Jake, we always want our guests to kind of pull out what was most powerful for them as a learning point from that experience that you can give to Fire Nation that we can implement. What would that be? dare to think differently are the ones that ultimately um, do. And I think that getting over that fear that, hey, that's not wrong, um, or at least there's always context to a situation was my big takeaway from there. And it, it kind of rolls into a lot of the stuff that I've learned in uh, business is the biggest breakthroughs we have are generally shortly after or definitely there's a pattern that follows, you know, the biggest challenge that you ran into with regards to that answer. And so that was what my takeaway was there. Um, did you want to hear about uh, a, another issue having to do with uh, our company? Well, let's do this, Jake. First off, I want to bring up with Fire Nation, there's a great book by Brene Brown called Daring Greatly that really hammers home a lot of these principles that Jake's talking about right now. And if you're thinking that you, like me, by the way, oftentimes think too inside the box and don't really step outside and look around, this is a great eye-opener. It was for me. I actually had my father read it because he's a lawyer in a small town in Maine. And I'm like, this guy needs to read this book because he needs to learn how to dare greatly in this very small traditional place that he is in. So you are right though, Jake. I do want to transition now. And what I did like that you alluded to was that with One Hope, you've had a lot of aha moments, but a lot of times failures is what led to that aha moment. So Take us through a story, Jake, and again, take it down to the ground level. I want to be there with you when you failed at One Hope, and then how did you turn it into an aha moment, and then how did you turn that aha moment into success? One of the biggest ones, and there's specifics in it, but it reflects to a a much larger and more general uh, learning that came away with it, and a, a larger aha moment was Early on, you create a brand and you think that it's amazing because it's yours. (laughs) Um, It's almost equivalent to the way parents are about their baby. You know, you're 
your baby might not be the most beautiful one in the world to the outside world, but to you, you're always looking at it with, from a different perspective and it's especially meaningful. And so when we hit the market for the first time with One Hope Wine and we got it on the first shelves, we thought, oh yeah, for sure, this is going to blow through and that's all she wrote. The story was going to complete itself. It's such a great idea, the idea that you can buy a bottle of Pinot Noir and help fund a pet adoption with ASPCA or the idea that you can buy a case of sparkling and you can fund 25 meals for children fighting hunger. Who wouldn't do that? Like, why wouldn't you do that? Um, especially if the wine is uh, of equal or greater value. Um, but we, we put it out there with this social mission and um, we were so proud to tell people this is what we're doing. And then we come back um, and we look at the shelf and only one or two bottles is sold. And we're like, what, what's going on here? Um, and we would talk to the store owners and they'd be like, well, you know, it's not like we're telling the story the way you guys are when we, when you sold it in here. And I'm kind of like, why not? You should be telling this story. It's a great story. And we're all storytellers as you talked about. Totally. When you're a retailer or you're selling a product in any type of store or any type of situation, it's all about telling that story. And why aren't you guys telling the story? And he was like, well, your brand's really proud of the impact that you're making, but you know, that doesn't necessarily affect our store as heavily as, as you guys might think. And so, um, that was a, it was a challenge that came up over and over again is I'd step into another retail store and he'd be like, ah, you know, it's okay. It's doing okay. We still like it, but this and this, and the sell through wasn't strong. And it seems very simple to detail it, but the aha moment was we need to shift our paradigm from telling people how great one hope is for the work that we're doing and the impact that we're making. And we need to start thinking about how we provide tools for that retailer and that restaurant, that hotel to tell people about how great they are for the impact that they're making through our product. And when we start to shift that paradigm and we think about our product as more of a vehicle or a platform to help empower these these retailers who want to do good, um, these consumers who want to make an impact through their everyday lifestyle, but we start making it about them and not about our brand, that's a really powerful thing. And so now in this coming year and really um, this last year, as we've started to have national distribution completed finally and starting to go to national partners, we're not thinking about how do we tell our story to a larger amount of people. It's more so what do we provide for that um, server at Intercontinental Hotel or at the um, wine buyer at Whole Foods so that when they're in the store and they're talking to their customer, how do they own that message? How do they own the social impact? How does a uh, person in, in the wine area at Whole Foods say, hey, check out this wine. It's not only great wine, it's made by Rob Davi Jr., out of Napa and it's a great price point. It's award winning. But on top of it, every bottle you buy is funding a micro loan with whole planet foundation. Now it's something that they own. And that's been one of the biggest uh, kind of learning curves for us is how do we get others to own our brand and to not only own our brand, but the special differentiator of our brand is um, that on top of being uh, a great product and good value is that differentiator that every bottle or every product we make makes a, a social impact. And so I think we figured that out because we failed initially and, um, and we weren't approaching it the right way. 
So Fire Nation, I hope you're making the connection here that where Jake and his entire company went wrong at the beginning is they were all about me. They were all about I. They were all looking inwards like, why don't you want to sell our wine, my wine, my story, what we're doing for others? And one of the most powerful words, Fire Nation, in marketing since the dawn of time is you. And you saw that shift that Jake made when he said, how can we make it about you, about the store, about the people that are selling the wine? How can we make you look good and feel good and be good by selling this? And that paradigm shift was massive. So think about your own businesses right now. Think about what message are you shouting to the world via Twitter, via Facebook, via whatever it might be? You know, for me, Entrepreneur on Fire is all about you, Fire Nation. That's why I'm always addressing you during these interviews. And I'm always talking to you, Fire Nation, because this is not for me. Of course, I'm getting great intel, but I'm always wanting to turn the value and this knowledge to you, the listeners, my lovely Fire Nation. So, Jake, I personally love that aha moment. You walked it through the amazing story. I mean, you've created an incredible product that is doing incredible things for people all over the world with these microloans. Can we get into some specifics about what has come out of One Hope's contributions? Do you have any cool stories? I mean, I can share with you some of the statistics because when we started the company, um, the mission was a lot more general or the social impact piece of it, um, meaning that it was... At, with every bottle where we donate half of our profits, which is still a commitment uh, that we made. But what we started realizing was that's a little bit more ambiguous to the end consumer. They don't understand what half the profits means. And so we decided that we could do that better. And um, with that, we created the One Hope Foundation and we created standards around who we donate to. And um, it's a 13 point standard ranging from are they a 501c3? Have they been around for three years? How many cents on the dollar is going towards their program? All the way ranging over to um, some of our most unique ones like um, do they have a dollar to impact ratio? So can't do we know that $100 donated equals 100 meals for children fighting hunger or something like that? And um, as we started to do that, it really started to professionalize and um, quantify the impact we're making. So some of the numbers I'm proud to share with people is that we've donated um, over a million meals for children fighting hunger, which we just passed during the holiday last year. Um, we've done that with World Food Program and uh, a previous partner of ours in the in the food space. Um, we uh, have planted over 33,000 trees with American forests. Uh, we funded over 2,000 mammograms uh, for women who couldn't otherwise afford it. And um, now we're working on um, trials with um, Gateway for Cancer Research. Um, we've su supported um, over 100 troops being able to be sent out to uh, aid in natural disaster relief and give them, uh, reunite them with a sense of purpose, but also help them in areas that help put them and deploy them into areas that need help after natural disaster. And that's with a group called Team Rubicon. Um, we funded over 3,000 pet adoptions with ASPCA. Um, we've provided uh, thousands of kids life-saving vaccines with a group called N7. And the list goes on and on. Um, so those are each of our different causes, you know, every product 
that we have has a different cause associated with it. So, um, for instance, our Cabernet goes towards funding ABA therapy for children with autism. Our Pinot Noir, or what we call our Pinot for Paws, funds pet adoptions, and so on and so forth. So every time we launch out a new product, whether it be a bottle of wine, a bag of coffee, or um, some unique gifting item like a gifting crate or a gift basket or so on and so forth, um, it has some particular cause associated with it. So those are all things that we've gotten to be a part of and all um, kind of key performance indicators alongside our for-profit business that we're proud of and that we measure ourselves with. So hopefully that, uh, that gives you a little bit of insight about some of the ground floor impact that we've been able to make. Yeah, impact is a great word, Jake. I mean, you're making a massive impact in a massive number of industries, and I just need to commend you for that. I mean, it's outstanding to see what entrepreneurs are capable of doing these days when they do turn the power of profits into also the power of charity and and beyond. So awesome stuff, my friend. And Jake, let's bring things to current times. Let's talk about today because you at One Hope have a lot of exciting things going on. But I want you to share with Fire Nation just the one thing that is you most fired up right now. Do I get to cheat and do kind of a combo of two? That's what I'm going to do anyway. (laughs) Only if you send me a bottle of One Hope wine. Just kidding, I don't drink. (laughs) And a bag of coffee. uh, (laughs) I do drink coffee. (laughs) The two most exciting things that are going on right now um, and and kind of meshed into one is uh, one that that ownership uh, that I was talking about is now we've actually grown a community of over 170, what we refer to as cause entrepreneurs for one hope. So cause entrepreneurs for one hope, their acronym is a CEO and we've created a a platform for people to become cause entrepreneurs with us um, just by leveraging our existing product line and technology that we provide them with. So we provide them with a store, we provide them with a great um, catalog of products, and we provide them with the education on wine and coffee and the the products we have so that they can go out and spread the word and market our brand to individuals and organizations um, through at-home parties, through weddings, through corporate events, And it's really starting to take off. And this group is growing on its own now. People are recruiting more and more people. And so I I love the idea that I'm not the only CEO in this company. There's 170 other people that are as passionate about this brand uh, like they're a CEO because they are a CEO. They're a cause entrepreneur with us. And we're just providing the platform and they're the ones out there making the impact. And now you don't have to go out and raise the millions of dollars that we had to to put this infrastructure in place. We have the infrastructure. We have the products for them to go and and, uh, make an impact while making an income as well. And I would most closely um, parallel it with the Girl Scouts model. So when I started One Hope, I said, I want to be the adult version of Girl Scout cookies. We want to provide this great product that people consume and they, they're super excited about just as a standalone product, but they also feel good about it because they're making an impact every time they buy it. And um, these people really end up being the Girl Scouts in that model. They're the ones out there um, you know, creating their own little business and benefiting their local community. And so through that program, we let the cause entrepreneurs 
uh, and the hosts that are hosting the events that they go to choose their own cause of choice. And we're able to donate an additional 15% of the sales towards uh, their cause of choice, whether it be their local Ed Foundation or a breast cancer walk or something like that. And it's because we're shaking up the old business model, uh, particularly in the alcohol space, which usually involves a distributor and then a retailer. And each of those people have to make their money. So um, it's been a, a big step and it's very exciting to us. And then the other one's a, a much shorter discussion, but I'm very excited to announce that we are acquiring our first vineyard and winery property up in Rutherford, Napa. And it's a big step for us because we started this business uh, about seven years ago with $10,000 and a U-Haul truck full of wine. And we were what's called a virtual winery. We didn't have our own winery um, and we certainly didn't have our own vineyards. And so for the first time, we'll be stepping into a property in the heart of Napa uh, with frontage on Highway 29, um, nestled right in with brands like Robert Mondavi and Opus One and Kate, right across the street from Cake Bread and all the big players and um, this is going to be our flagship, and uh, we've got a great plans for it, the home on it. We're building eight master suites onto it, and we're building a state-of-the-art winery designed by the best architect in Napa already. And um, we couldn't be more pumped to have our own actual winery and One Hope Winery, and uh, it'll be exciting to see how we integrate the social causes that we stand for as a brand into that property, and I think it'll be what really stands out and is unique to Napa um, as far as our property goes. Wow. Well, I'm coming up for a wine tour, Jake. You just shoot the email when the time is right. In Fire Nation, tiny, big, little, small. Listen to how this has just been part of Jake's life, how he has continued to think outside the box. He's continued to do things that are just different. He's dared to just not follow the norms, not follow the traditional way of whatever his task in front of him may be. That's inspiring, Fire Nation, and I really would love to see some of you implement that into your career situations. And Jake, we're about to enter the lightning rounds, but before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Working out and staying fit is important to me, and that's why I exercise every day. But I know it's not all about the workout, which is why I've also got into a great routine of eating a balanced breakfast, a hearty lunch, and lots of nutritional snacks in between. But when you're looking for smart snacking options in those in-between meal periods, it can be tough. High fructose corn syrup and trans fats seem to be in every package. That's why I love NatureBox. They have strict quality standards, which means no high fructose corn syrup, no partially high hydrogenated oils, no trans fats, no artificial sweeteners, no artificial flavors, no artificial colors. What's more is that NatureBox is convenient. They deliver snacks you can feel good about straight to your door every month. Ready to unwrap smarter snacking, Fire Nation? Receive a discovery box of surprise snacks for your first NatureBox, then choose your favorites. Visit naturebox.com slash fire to receive 50% off your first box. That's naturebox.com slash fire. My favorite thing about owning and running my own business is the freedom it affords me, the freedom to do the things that I'm passionate about, and the freedom to be truly location independent. With the help of the incredible internet, I'm able to stay in touch with my audience via social media, provide valuable content that's scheduled out in advance so I never skip a beat, and engage via email with partners to ensure everything is running smoothly. And with the help of eVoice, I'm also able to stay in touch via phone. eVoice transforms 
transforms any phone into your business phone, making it easy to stay in touch when it's most important. So whether you're on a tropical vacation or spending the week in the mountains with your family, you'll always have the ability to be in touch if you want to be. Right now, you can try eVoice free for 30 days, plus get a special discount of $5 off every month forever. Go to eVoice.com, promo code FIRE. That's eVoice.com, promo code FIRE. Jake, welcome to the Lightning Rounds, where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I think the normal things, uh, fear of failure a little bit, um, capital and, uh, the right people around you and talent. And, um, along the way I was lucky enough to, to find those things pretty quickly. Capital being the, the, uh, slowest one to come along (laughs) and fear of failure being the first one that you have to get over. And so I was lucky enough to spring my first entrepreneurial venture, uh, when I was in college, it's a good time to take the risk and uh, jumped right into it. And so I would say the, those are the main key things. And um, that self-doubt and fear of failure is uh, normal. Everybody faces it. And so it's overcoming that and the fear of not trying over really helping you to overcome that and the fear of not giving it a shot. And um, that's the perspective that you always have to take to get over that. To find the talent, it's really just about spending time with people that you want to build a, a business with and working really hard at it because it's not something that comes easily. Those people are, are hard to find. And, uh, and the capital thing generally comes when you, uh, when you find the right talent and you, and you put the right people on the bus. Um, somebody fills up the tank with gas, you know? Mm, love that. Jake, what's the best advice you've ever received? Don't ever burn a bridge and, and probably the, the golden rule. Um, and don't ever burn a bridge like everything has a few very small, <laughs> small exceptions. Regardless, um, if you put that your ego in check, you shouldn't ever burn the bridge. But there are, are times um, where you can walk away and never cross that bridge again. <laughs> and, uh, and then I think that treating people um, the way that you want to be treated and always trying to take that perspective of putting yourself in their shoes when you're approaching them about the hard conversations, which are, I think are the really important part of what makes the company is how you handle the hard conversations. Um, you know, making sure that you approach those things um, respectfully and understand how important words are and communicating are when you do that. Um, I think if you do those things, um, they, they still ring true. And those are, you know, a couple of the things that I learned in like kindergarten and third grade. So, uh, you know, we, a lot of people say you already know everything you need to know um, by the time you're out of elementary school. Um, I don't know if that's true, but some of the biggest things I ever learned were at a very early age from my mom and, and my best teachers. <laughs> well, I did not know how to use an iPad when I graduated elementary school, but I'm not sure that's a bad thing, Fire Nation. <laughs> Jake, can you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success? Personal habits is to always keep an open mind uh, with what I do. I mean, and that is a habit. It's not just a characteristic. It's training yourself to say, you know what, I will take that meeting or I will investigate that because you never know. And that's how we got into it uh, and and we're able to build this is just taking a shot and knowing that, you know, not all of them are going to come through. And so, um, that's, that's a habit and you, you train that habit to look at things like that and to ask yourself, 
you know, why not um, more so than why. And that's even actually become one of our slogans at One Hope is why not. Um, and so when you see hashtag why not, it's kind of uh, why not, why not buy uh, our wine or, or buy our brand if you have the choice between that and something else. And so I, I'd say that's one of the really good habits. Um, and then just follow through and process. I, I have a few people around me in the company who have really helped me to take that to a whole new level of how I follow up and um, and how disciplined I am about um, uh, keeping in touch with people because relationships are the most important part and that follow-up is what builds relationships. So. Jake, do you have an internet resource like in Evernote that you're just in love with you can share with our listeners? Boomerang is definitely that, <laughs> yes. that resource. It's amazing and it plays perfectly into what the habit I talked about with follow-up Um the ability to send out emails and to be reminded when those people don't get back to you uh, is an amazing thing. We, we are some of Boomerang's best customers. I promise you that. <laughs> and then, um, love uh, a couple new tools. Uh, Relate IQ being the CRM that we use now. Um, they just recently got acquired, but uh, really great service and um, really light CRM tool that works really well for um, our company. And when I say light, I mean everything that you need and not all the stuff that you don't need. Um, that usually comes with a CRM company and they, and they really do make things easier. They're a next kind of that next wave where they help connect all the, all the contacts and data that you already have stored in all these different places. Um, because I find that that's one of the hardest things with setting up CRM is actually, um, loading up the data. So. Well, Fire Nation, you can find the links to these resources and everything that we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to eofire.com slash Jake Cloberdance. Jake, I've, I've nailed your last name twice now. You're going to be pretty impressed. I'm very, very impressed. <laughs> That's a 10-letter name that if you meet anybody else with the same last name, they are related to me. <laughs> That's incredible. Jake, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be? Can I share two? You can share two. I'm going to say The Breakthrough Company by Keith McFarland. Uh, really, really good book. Um, from Good to Great has similar teachings in it. The Breakthrough Company is one that kind of looks at, are you you know, a startup company and trying to build to be a 10 to $50 million revenue type company? Not as much, you know, are you a big Fortune 500 company who's trying to stay on top? So the Breakthrough Company is awesome. And then, yeah, I'm going to say The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. Um, I love reading his blog. I think he has one of the best blogs, if not the best business blogs out there. Um, One of my favorite articles that he ever wrote was called The Struggle. And for any of you entrepreneurs out there who have been through the struggle, I highly recommend reading it. And uh, I think theirs is like a uh, a16z.com is their website. That's Andreessen Horowitz. And um, yeah, his book's awesome. So It's so interesting sometimes how things just seem to run in pairs. I mean, so I've done eight interviews today. Fire Nation knows I do eight back-to-back interviews every single day, uh, well, one day a week. And I try to bring the heat for every single one of them. And it's pretty easy when I just have these inspiring and successful entrepreneurs. But it's so strange sometimes how things just kind of fall into place where two interviews ago, I had a guy recommend Fiverr and Fiverr almost never gets recommended. Then the very next guest recommended Fiverr. And then just my last guest was guest was Nathan Latka of Heyo. I'm not sure if you've heard of Heyo, Jake. He's the founder. It's a really great social 
platform um, focusing on Facebook. And he recommended the book, The Hard Thing About Hard Things, which is the first time it's ever been recommended. So really cool to see how kind of the universe seems to pull things together. So Fire Nation, if you listened yesterday, you heard this book recommended. If you're listening today, Jake's recommending it again. I'm pushing the download button on my Kindle as we speak right now. And I know, Fire Nation, that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook just like one of these for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Jake, this next question's the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter, taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? (laughs) I'd probably go back and uh, start quickly learning online how to program and develop and uh, and code myself um, because that's about the only space that you can start a company with 500 bucks in. Um, but I, I would tell you that all $500 I would invest into myself because it's that when you have to choose and you have very little amount, you invest into yourself and those close around you and, uh, and make it's the best way to, to make it. Um, and I'd probably throw my hands up and be like, here we go again. Uh, because <laughs> I, I thought I already did this. Come on. <laughs> I, I, would, I, would still, I would still build one hope and I'd jump to where we are right now. Um, but I'd, with the $500, I'd have to build it and start digitally versus the way we started, which was offline. And now we're moving more and more online and direct to consumer and leveraging technology. If I had, if I got to go back and do it again, and my budget was very minimal, um, I would uh, I would start educating myself just on the digital side and uh, and make sure that I could control my destiny with it. Um, other than that, I would uh, probably set up camp right out in front of like Stanford University and start picking off young kids uh, from there. <laughs> And, uh, and cruise across the way to my alma mater at UC Berkeley. Um, that's one of the biggest things I realized how lucky I was growing up in the Bay Area um, in hindsight. Uh, I thought it was just normal that everybody was as driven as they are and as smart as they are because it's all I knew. Um, and then I stepped into the real world and realized, you know, not everybody's had the luxury uh, that a lot of the people I grew up around had um, as far as education goes and just overall backing. And so... I do believe um, that finding the people who have been fortunate enough to be the most educated and have a lot of resources and stuff is uh, gives you a very big head, head start in business. And, um, and I feel lucky uh, to be kind of one of those people um, that's at least on the fringe of that area. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my answer. Jake, you nailed it, my friends. And I just want to say thank you for just sharing, for being so open, so honest today. And let's end by you giving Fire Nation just one parting piece of guidance by sharing the best way that we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Going to onehopewine.com or just One Hope, and um, you can find our products there. It's the best way you can support our movement and our brand. And, uh, and then other than that, you can, uh, you can find me working hard uh, and running around the country and uh, feel free to reach out to me and uh, reach out to our company if you have any questions. 
Well, Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with Jake and myself today, so keep up the heat. And Jake, Fire Nation is well aware that they can find the links to everything that we've mentioned in today's episode by going to eofire.com. Just type Jake in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. And Jake, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Fire Nation. Podcasting doesn't have to be hard. Join me for our free live podcast workshop every week where I share the step-by-step process of how to create your podcast. Visit podcastersparadise.com to grab your spot today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 